So, I'm doing a solo episode this week. Matt Wensing is out of commission, and we didn't have a budget for a Matt Wensing impersonator this week. So, if that's what you're looking for, you'll just have to listen to last week episode, last week's episode one more time with uh, Derek Reimer, who did a great job with that. Uh, but he's not cheap, so I'm doing it solo this week, and uh, that'll have to do for now until until Matt is back. Uh, most likely next week. Yeah, so um, last week was uh, the first week that Bjorn and I was back, officially back, so basically full-time, almost. And um, we we had a lot of stuff to do. Um, so the maker side, which is mostly Bjorn this day, these days, um, we had a bunch of bugs that came up in the over the holidays with some of the new stuff we released, some edge cases and, and weird things. But we got all of that wiped out, and um, and that's that was great. Um, so it's it's working pretty smoothly right now, and we've started working on some of the larger features that that we want to ship. So. Um, the biggest thing I guess we're working on right now is the ability to um, create new sites and environments on WP Engine from within branch, which means that when you start a new project, you wouldn't have to first go to WP Engine, create the site, and then connect it to branch. You would just set it up on branch, and branch would also set up the site for you on WP Engine. So I'm excited about that feature. It's not something that uh, people have requested, but it's just... It's something that'll just kind of streamline the the experience a bit more, but also just, I guess, um, make it even more obvious um, that branch is the right tool for you if you're using WP Engine, which is our focus right now. Um, we had a really interesting bug uh, that's been... We, we've had it for many weeks now, and it's been really bugging me, actually. <laughs> Um, it's been reported a few times, but I just I haven't been able to f- find out what was going on. But basically, we're using um, a service called Pusher to send us uh, like a WebSocket, uh, set up a WebSocket, and send us the notification or like um, if broadcast events from Laravel. So Laravel has a, a tool called Echo that integrates with Pusher. And we use that to update the build screen when you're running a deployment. So every time, you know, a a step in your pipeline is uh, running or completed or failed, like we we update that in the UI. We also update the the title bar in the browser so you can see from a a browser tab which, um, which step is currently running. The... Yeah, so a few things like that, but it hasn't, it hasn't worked for a while. And then sometimes it works, but most of the times it it didn't work. So, and I've been debugging this, and I just couldn't tell what was wrong. It worked locally, but it didn't work on the site. So, um, Bjorn and I jumped on Tuple today and started um, hacking on this a bit. And then what we realized was that. We have like an ENV file that has all our, you know, API keys and stuff like that, and 
the JavaScript part, um, the, the Laravel echo part that takes care of this WebSocket stuff, it uses those environment variables. But so the thing we, we found out today, and I don't even know how we found out, but because it, it's really hard to figure out, but apparently, um, well, it occurred to Bjorn that it would probably get the values from the env file at when you compile the javascript at compile time and we because our deployment setup which is funny because we're a branch but it's it's not very good right now um so we actually compile our um our javascript locally before we deploy and it occurred to bjorn that until yesterday he didn't have the pusher credentials in his local env file which i do because it worked and it worked locally for me <laughs> we sort of started adding uh one and one together when we realized that that was like it didn't work locally on burn but it worked locally in mine and then and then we realized that it what had happened was that every time i had deployed it worked because i had compiled the javascript with the credentials and every time Bjorn deployed, he would undo that. So it no longer worked, um, which was is kind of hilarious. Um, and the more, you know, the more and more uh, he's been taking over development, it worked fewer and fewer times. <laughs> so only on the rare occasion that I pushed something, it would work until he over, uh, he, until he deployed again, and then um, it was broken again. So uh, that was a really nice thing to finally fix um, uh, and a really, really difficult thing to uh, to troubleshoot. Um, yeah, I guess that's the maker part. On the manager part, which is more of what I've been doing, um, had an interesting, um, kind of like an interesting experience where it sort of shows, I guess, the mindset we have right now. But... Um, a, a hosting company reached out um, to ask about becoming a partner of Branch. And it's not a small hosting company. It's not definitely not the biggest one, but it's 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 a fairly well-known uh, company uh, that we would very much like to partner with eventually. But like our whole focus right now is trying to double down on the WP Engine segment. Um, so talking to a new partner and um, bringing them on doing all that stuff is not aligned with our plans right now so i told them no which was it felt really weird <laughs> you know because we we've been trying to get new partners like that's been my thing is like trying to set up new partnerships and and do business development and then they it's like inbound from like a potentially really good partner and you and you told them no well i told them we would love to partner with you but it's not our focus right now to, we don't have resources right now to begin any new partnerships so i would like to revisit this in in q2 or something like that um yeah but it was an in, in, interesting exercise in uh, in in mindset i guess yeah, so, so in terms of doubling down on WP Engine, the biggest thing um, that's happened, I guess, is we the the landing page we had for WP Engine, which used to be brainci.com slash WP Engine, is now the homepage. So when you go to the branch website right now, it talks all about WP Engine. 
And this is something I talked about here in the podcast, um, how to navigate this, because um, I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to burn any bridges. Um, so it's it's a tough one to navigate. I um, the the thing I ended up doing was adding basically a link below the the H one that says um, the mentions that we support other hosts. Um, and click here to learn more about who or whatever I said there. So if you click that link, it goes to branchia.com slash for WordPress, which is what used to be the homepage, but is now a sub page. And um, yeah, so that it felt definitely felt a little scary to do that. Um, what I did, so the, the problem is at least what I thought was other hosting companies currently linking to the branch website. Like that's not great if they're linking to the branch website and then it talks all about WP engine. Um, so I, I tried to figure out which hosting companies linked to the root instead of linking directly to the guide that talks about a branch for their hosting company. And it ended up actually just being three. And one of them is not really an active partner anymore. So, I send a, a nice email to to those two hosting companies and basically told them um, that we decided to focus our efforts on the, I don't remember what I said, but like basically the most fruitful partnership we have right now. Um, and that I you know, definitely understood that or understood if they wanted to not link <laughs> to the homepage and link to either uh, their the guide about their hosting company or to the the generic WordPress landing page. So uh, one of them got back to me and they were like, "Yeah, that's obviously a bummer, but we understand." Um, so I mean, it's not it's not great, definitely, um, but at the same time, it feels like if we're really like if we're if we decided for now that WP Engine is our target segment, like the extra step of like should we shouldn't have like an extra step for WP engine customers to find the right information. Um, the, the default should be the one that works for them basically. So another big thing we did, uh, was that I, I, I turned off the free plan, um, and added a, a credit card upfront, 14 day free trial instead and i mean the numbers is still <laughs> coming in or or not <laughs> there's no i mean there's no no conversions yet for sure um but the, the problem is it, when i'm having like a sales conversation or an onboarding conversation it kind of sucks to have to tell the person that yeah it's free and you could just sort of get started now thank you for your time um, it would be better to, you know, be like, I can most, most certainly, uh, most definitely help, uh, onboard you. You just have to put in your credit card and then we'll, we'll get you sorted out. Um, I think that's a better filter and a better validation, um, of this, this business basically. So, you know. I might change my mind on this, but we're trying it for now. Um, 
the way I implemented it, I, I, I wanted to do it in a way that it was easy to turn back on. So in essence, and I didn't want to limit the people that are already using Brainge for free uh, because I told them they could. Um, so didn't want to shut it off for them. So basically what I did is when you sign up, nothing is changed. Um, you still get on the free plan, but then um, what I think what I did was we have this uh, little um, Laravel package we use for onboarding where we define different steps of our onboarding. It's called Onboard. It's by Caleb Portio. It's it's really good. Uh, it's very simple, but it's like you can you you can have like a a step in the onboarding that says says for example add your first site to branch. And then you have like a little query that checks if they have, um, if they have a, a site already, um, and that's kind of like what decides if they're redirected to that part of the onboarding. So what I did is I just added basically a step if, as the first step of the onboarding that checks if they're on, if they're on a on a on a paid plan, and if not, um, I redirect them to. Uh, I, I checked if they're on the free plan and if they um, if they already use Branch because then they shouldn't be they can keep using it for free because I I want this to be um, kind of backwards compatible I guess so um, but if if they if they I think actually if they aren't on any plans then redirect them to the Stripe checkout page. And then um, once they've done that, they'll be added to a plan and then that step in the onboarding will just be skipped. Um, so it's a really easy way to implement this paywall. Um, and so so we still get people to, people can still sign up with our GitHub account. And then once they're in the tool, like they'll just be redirected to the payment plan or to the, 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 the billing page until, um, they won't really be able to do anything before they they add their credit card. Um, it technically they could uh, because this is only enforced on some pages. So, and also another thing is like they because we still wanted people to be able to stay on the free plan that was already on it. So, technically, someone could figure out how to go to the instead of the Stripe checkout page, go to the Stripe billing portal and then add themselves to the free plan because it's still there technical, or they could sign up for a paid plan and then go to the billing page and downgrade themselves. And so th that's technically possible right now, but it's not something I worry about because the thing I'm trying to figure out is like, will people pay, <laughs> you know, put in their credit card and sign up for a paid plan to start their 14 day free trial. Um, and that's, that's what I'm trying to learn right now. I'm not trying to like find out clever ways to make sure that they can't get on the free plan somehow. Like that's, that's a concern for later on. Um, yeah. So, so that's the thing that's happened. That's happened. Um, I also updated the, the messaging on the website. I was talking to my investor slash advisor, Soren, and um, I told him that when, when people come from WP engine, the words they use when I talk to them are typically that they 
they are looking for a better Git workflow for WP Engine because they're, maybe they're using the Git stuff that WP Engine already offers, or they they just they don't have really uh, Git integrated into their workflow. Um, so and then um, Soren told me, or he pointed out that on the website, like that's not at all what we we talk about. We talk all about automated deployments, um, but actually that might not be really what people are looking for when they're they're finding brains like they might not be looking for automated deployments like they might be looking for a better git based workflow and part of that something they expect as part of that would be that we you know by by using git in this way they would be able to have automated deployments and a few other things um so i liked to to think of that um or I, yeah, it was an interesting realization, and it it became pretty obvious to me. Like when I when I thought back, like I, I clearly remember someone telling me, like he said he was asking WP Engine for um, about like how to have a better Git workflow or something like that, and they had pointed him to Branch, and I've heard that a few times actually. So, like in my mind, it must like if someone if someone at WP Engine tells you you can use branch to uh to to have a better <laughs> git based workflow and they then go to the branch website it must be better if the website then says a, a better git based workflow than if the website said automated deployments right so i changed the messaging a bit to say uh i think it says a better git based workflow for wp engine um, so I'm trying that as the messaging for a bit. Um, and then I also updated the pricing table because the pricing table was very CICD focused. I haven't touched it for a bit. It was actually still called projects instead of sites as well. So so I changed it up a bit and, and talked a bit about GitHub, Bitbucket, and GitLab in, in there just to kind of like make it obvious that this is about Git. Um, and then... I, I took the things that were like CACD specific, like built concurrency, uh, number of CPUs, stuff like that, and condensed it into just one step that was just CICD and then with those feature, features mentioned. Um, so CICD becomes more of a feature um, instead of the entire value proposition. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how people react to that. Um, we're not getting a lot of signups these days. I don't know if it's related to New Year's, uh, you know, riots in the U.S. I don't know, but we're not getting a lot of signups these days. Um, not also not before uh, we removed the free plan. It's just been very quiet. So we'll see if that changes changes any anytime soon. Um, yeah, finally, I've been experimenting with outreach a bit. Um, I've only sent 15 emails so far. Um, I, I don't like, you know, cold emails uh, myself really, and I, especially not when when they aren't targeted really or people didn't put any time into it. So I'm I'm sending very handcrafted emails. Uh, I'm using a template, but I'm I've changed it almost as many times as I've sent the email, and I'm you know spending time like trying to find people's GitHub profiles, looking at their websites, see what what they're doing, um, and only sending an email if I if I really 
truly believe that it, it might be relevant to them. Um, I've had a really high open rate. Like I think literally everyone has opened the email. Um, but um, the reply rate is very low. One person out of 15 <laughs> replied so far and he his reply was a link to the Can't Spam <laughs> Act website. Um, it's quite bad. So yeah, I mean cold emailing developers is just a tough crowd so we'll see i might send a few more and see if i can get a re response um i did i did notice that one person um uh, opened the email a few times um you know email tracking is like another thing i i don't normally do like i've disabled it in my email client because i don't i don't think it's great um but i decided to turn it on for these emails um because otherwise I, it's really hard to know if it's working. So my thought is basically, I know my, my, my subject is working because almost everyone has opened the email. Um, my, the email content might not work yet because no one has re replied to it. But it, like once, once I've got it more dialed in and, and people, like I figured out something that people would actually reply to, my intention is to flip off the tracking again um, because then I don't really need it anymore. Um, but it's just really, it's, it's really hard to figure out if a cold email works or not if you don't have any sort of tracking. Um, yeah, obviously it's not great. Um, I totally get that. Well, that was more than 20 minutes of me just talking and talking and talking. So... I think I'll leave it at that and next week hopefully I'll have my co-host back. Yeah, I appreciate you guys listening and uh, I hope you have a great day. Thank you, bye. Mm -hmm.